Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And greetings, my friends, patriots, lovers of democracy, truth and justice, believers in peace, freedom and the American way. Tom Hartman here with you. Congress is going to meet and decide the Republicans are going to, if the news reports are correct and if they don't back down given, you know, Trump's phone call to Raffin's perjure, you know, they're going to object and each objection from each state is going to throw it back to the House and Senate for debate and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm telling you all this because we're going to be going back and forth. We will carry the proceedings live when there's something interesting going on and when it devolves into arcane debates about procedure and stuff like that, parliamentary procedure, then, you know, we'll just cut back to me and I'll take your phone calls and, and we'll our comments on it and all that sort of thing. So uh, that's our day, just FYI. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Responsibilities to this chamber, to this responsibility, and to this House of Representatives. Please exit the floor if you do not have an assigned role from your leadership. You can share with your staff if you want to have a few more. But you cannot be with that many people in here. And I thank the Senate and the Democrats by the rules. This is Let's the go. Tom Hartman Program. Congress is uh, being gaveled into session here. Nancy Pelosi just, I believe, was asking people who were refusing to wear masks or who were standing too close together to get out. But Mike Pence is now gaveling it in, and we will go to uh, the live coverage of the reading of the vote. ...to the Constitution and the laws of the United States. The Senate and House of Representatives are meeting in joint session to verify the certificates and count the votes of the electors of the several states President and Vice President of the United States. After ascertainment has been had that the certificates are authentic and correct in form, the tellers will count and make a list of the votes cast by the electors of the several states. The tellers on the part of the two houses have taken their places at the clerk's desk. Without objection, the tellers will dispense with the reading of the formal portions of the certificates After ascertaining that the certificates are regular in form and authentic, the tellers will announce the votes cast by the electors for each state, beginning with Alabama, which the parliamentarians advise me is the only certificate of vote from that state and purports to be a return from the state and that has annexed to it a certificate from an authority of that state purporting to appoint or ascertain electors. Mr. Blunt. For what purpose does the gentleman from Virginia rise? Point of order, parliamentary inquiry, Mr. Vice President. In order to follow with the speaker's instructions that only a limited number of people be on the floor, may I ask how one would make an objection or make a parliamentary inquiry in the future if you're not on the floor but in the gallery? 
Under Section 18 of Title III of the United States Code, debate is not permitted in the joint session. Gentlemen's recognized. I'm not attempting to debate. I'm trying to find out how a parliamentary inquiry or a parliamentary point of order would be made in following with the speaker's request that most of us not be on the floor. How do you make one of those points of order when you don't know what's going to happen later? Uh, respectfully, the gentleman's parliamentary inquiry constitutes debate which is not permitted in the joint session under Section 18 of Title III, United States Code. With that, Mr. Blunt. So this is interesting. Mike Pence is putting his mask back on. Is he, is he going to pass the buck here? He just called on Mr. Blunt. That would be Roy Blunt, the senator from Missouri. But I'm not, oh, here, now, uh, Blunt is trying to make his microphone. Work. I don't believe it's on. It's not on. Here we go. Senator from Missouri, you know, as I said uh, yesterday, I think that there's probably going to be a bunch of parliamentary back and forth and, you know, objections and grandstanding. And I don't know, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, they're actually, it looks like they're having a debate up there right now with Mike Pence. All right. And he's, Okay. Here it comes again. He's, he's, uh, I think my guess is he's going to delegate as much as he can out so that Donald Trump won't get angry with him. But, uh, you know, because Trump fully expects, or at least his public persona on Twitter and whatnot, has been that Donald Trump fully expects Mike Pence to blow this all up and Mr. say, you president, know, I hereby proclaim Donald Trump as president. Mr. President, the gentleman will continue. The certificate of the electoral vote of the state of Alabama seems to be regular in form and authentic, and it appears therefrom that Donald J. Trump of the state of Florida received nine votes for president, and Michael R. Pence of the state of Indiana received nine votes for vice president. Okay, so this Are is the alphabetical calling of the roll, basically, and so a, a senator... That the teller has verified appears to be... Regular a a, a senator is, is calling this out. We'll, we'll continue. That was Alabama. They go alphabetically. Hearing none. This Are certificate from Alaska, none? the parliamentarians advise me, is the only certificate of vote from that state that purports to be a return from the state, and that has annexed to it a certificate from an authority of the state purporting to appoint and ascertain electors. That's a bunch of interesting language. Mr. President, the certificate of the electoral vote of the state of Alaska seems to be regular in form and authentic, and it appears therefrom that Donald J. Trump of the state of Florida received three votes for president, and Michael R. Pence oh, of the tellers. state of Indiana received three votes for vice president. Are there any objections to counting the certificate of vote of the state of Alaska that the teller has verified? appears to be regular in form and authentic. Hearing none? Apparently not. This certificate from Arizona, the parliamentarians advise me, is the only certificate of vote that the state purports to be a return from the state that has annexed to it a certificate from an authority of that state purporting to appoint or ascertain electors. So we're just going to be going through the, uh, through the various Mr. states President, one by one. The certificate uh, of the electoral of the vote of the state of Arizona seems to be regular in form and authentic, and it appears therefrom that Joseph R. Biden Jr. of the state of Delaware received 11 votes for president and Kamala D. Harris of the state of California received 11 votes for vice president. Are there any objections to counting the certificate of vote of the state of Arizona that the teller has verified appears to be regular in form and authentic? I, Paul Gosar from Arizona. For what Sport. purpose does the gentleman from Arizona rise? I rise up for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the uh, counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona. 
Uh, is the objection in this writing is, uh, Representative and signed Gosar, by the Senator? The House of Representatives? Yes, it is. Now he needs a senator. And the senator he got to agree with him is Ted Cruz. This is looking shell shocked. An objection presented in writing and signed by both a representative and a senator complies with the law. Chapter 1 of Title 3 of the United States Code. The clerk will report the objection. Objection to counting the electoral votes of the state of Arizona. We, a member of the House of Representatives and a United States Senator, object to the counting of the electoral votes of the state of Arizona on the ground that they were not, under all of the known circumstances, regularly given. Are there so further the objections to objection. the certificates from the state of Arizona? The chair hears none. The two houses will withdraw from joint session. Each house will deliberate separately on the pending objection and report its decision back to the joint session. So, uh, Mike Pence, Congress just, well, I'll fill you in on the other side of the break. Well, and, we'll con- and I'll be taking your this calls as well. is the Tom Hartman Program. So uh, if you have any observations, thoughts, objections, concerns (laughs) about what's going on today, I certainly have. I'll share mine with you. Give us a shout. Daniel in Springfield, Massachusetts, you're on the air. What's up? Yeah, well, I got a question. If the Republicans are so intent that they win elections and stuff, how come they don't want to get rid of the uh, the Electoral College? Because it seems every time that I see for the last 32 years, they have never won a popular vote. That's why they don't want to get rid of it. Why don't they vote on things like that instead of instead of useless things like uh, trying to overturn our election right now and, and put a dictator in place? You know, much yeah. respect, Tom. Well, there's there's a yeah, there's a couple of dynamics here, Daniel. Number one, you've got Republicans who are, you know, doing this performance. I mean, the, the, the media narrative broadly is that these Republicans are afraid of Donald Trump. They're afraid that he's going to encourage somebody to primary them. And therefore, they're ducking and bowing and kissing his butt and all this kind of stuff. I don't believe that. I think that may be true for a very small number of these people. Uh, particularly a few members of the House of Representatives, but I think by and large, what this whole kabuki theater is, what this whole performance theater is that's going on right now, that, that we are seeing in real time, is providing Republican state legislators in states like Wisconsin and Michigan, where they still control the legislature, the House and the Senate, in Pennsylvania, and, and in states like Georgia, where they control the whole kit and caboodle from the governor on down, allowing them, giving them an excuse, a rationale, whatever you want to call it, to pass laws making it much, much harder to vote, particularly to vote by mail. They're going to start cutting back on vote by mail, making that harder, which, which makes it harder for, for uh, older people in particular to, to vote, disabled people, but ju- just generally it suppresses the vote. We saw here in Oregon 20 years ago when we adopted all mail-in voting, uh, we bang, we went up to around uh, two-thirds, uh, 67%, as I recall, uh, voter participation, which is among the highest in the nation. Republicans don't want that. So what we're going to see is a whole series of laws being passed in various states to make it harder and harder and harder, particularly for poor people, minorities, elderly people, and students to vote. And that, in my opinion, is 80% of what you see going on right now. 20% of it has to do with kissing Donald Trump's backside or uh, worrying about a primary, something like that, Daniel. That's why, in my personal opinion, that's why I call them now the knee pad party, because they got to buy new knee pads all the time to get down. I'm not going to say it, you know. Yeah, no, I get it. And and it's and I, I can't disagree with you. And thank you for the call, by the way. But. Essentially, what the Republicans have been doing since 1981, since the beginning of the Reagan revolution, is they have been kowtowing to, sucking up to, taking money from right-wing billionaires and big corporations. The Republican Party basically declared in the 1980 election, Reagan essentially declared that they were going to take advantage of these 1976 and 78 Supreme Court decisions that blew up all the good government laws that were passed after the Nixon bribery scandals. And uh, hey, we'll just we'll just take money from anybody. 
So, you know, that I think is what's going on. We'll be back in just a moment. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So just to recap what's going on here and what has happened and what will be happening throughout the day and maybe even until tomorrow. The way it works is the vice president assigns a couple of people to be the, uh, the tellers of the vote, right? The, the, the people who are going to, and I, and I don't know if the uh, etiology of that word comes from like, you know, cashiers, like the people who are, you know, handling the, the things or the person who's going to tell Congress uh, what it is. And, uh, you know, if any of you know, I'd, I'd love to find out. But anyhow, the tellers of the vote, you know, and, and there a number of senators are up there. Roy Blunt was the first to speak. I'm, and they're not from the states that are being called on, essentially. He's going through the states alphabetically. He started with Alabama. Roy Blunt from Missouri was the one who said, you know, well, here's who Alabama, Alabama votes for Donald Trump. And then it goes to Pence and Pence says, does anybody object? If nobody objects, then they go back to, in this case, it was Roy Blunt, to one of the tellers who says, okay, uh, you know, uh, then the votes are cast for Donald Trump. So they're doing this alphabetically. They started with Alabama. They went to Alaska. Then they got to Arizona. And Arizona, of course, you know, Doug Ducey, Doug Ducey, uh, is the uh, governor there. And he's a Republican, but uh, he also, you know, presided over a state that voted for Joe Biden in the election. So Donald Trump went on the war path, not just against, you know, Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, but against Ducey, the governor of Arizona, and, you know, calling them phonies and rhinos and all this kind of stuff, because, because Ducey would not basically ignore the vote or lie about the vote or, or rig the vote or whatever to help out Donald Trump. And so the Trumpies, as it were, or if you want to take my more cynical view, the Republicans who are looking to engage in massive voter disenfranchisement, voter suppression in future years. We had a caller who was talking about how, you know, uh, some very, very large proportion of the Republican vote in 2016 was people over 70, and a large portion of the Democratic vote was people under 50. And the people over 70, particularly over 80, are dying off, and, and COVID isn't helping. And, uh, and, and of course, they're more reluctant to show up in person to vote. And so the consequence of that is that the electorate is shifting younger as time goes on, and the younger people are totally with the Democrats. So the Republicans have to figure out what to do about this. They, this this kind of goes back to, the, they called it the post-mortem or the analysis that was done back in the uh, House of Representatives. Oh, oh, interesting. The, the House is debating this right now. Uh, Steve Scalise, the guy in Louisiana who ran for Congress saying that he was David Duke without the robes, is speaking right now in the House of a state about that these ability. objections. Here Nowhere does it give the governor that ability. Nowhere does it give a court that ability. It exclusively gives that ability to the legislatures. And in fact, in most states, that's the process that was followed. But for those states that this wasn't followed, unfortunately, this is not new. We've seen over and over again 
more states where the Democrat Party has gone in and selectively gone around this Democratic process. Party. That has to end, Madam Speaker. We have to follow the constitutional process. This is Steve Scalise, and I'm not sure exactly what now, point he's making. He's the guy who, who ran as David Duke like without, without the laid out by a legislative body. Uh, down in Louisiana. Madam Speaker, I served on one of those legislative bodies when I was in the state legislature for 12 years. I served on the House and Governmental Affairs Committee where we wrote the laws for our state's elections. And I can tell you, when we had to make changes, those were extensively negotiated. We would have people on both sides come, Republicans and Democrats, Madam Speaker, would get together to work through those changes, any minute change, to how a precinct would function, to how a change would be made in the time of an election, signature requirements, all the many things that involve... Okay, I can boil down Steve Scalise's argument real quickly for you here. What he's essentially saying is that Arizona... And, and I'm guessing that they're going to be used the same argument with all these states, that Arizona changed their rules slightly to allow for wider mail-in voting because of the pandemic. But the legislature didn't pass a law changing those rules. And the, the Constitution says that the legislature shall decide who the electors are and how they vote, essentially. And all the states, uh, except two, Nebraska and Maine, have passed laws saying that whoever gets the most votes in the state gets the electoral votes. And so Scalise's argument, essentially, and this is the Republican argument, is that because the rules were changed uh, bef before during the election by the state of Arizona, without it going through their state legislature, the, the vote should be thrown out and the legislature should be able to decide that Donald Trump gets all of Arizona's votes. We'll go back to Steve Scalise, uh, the, the guy who famously called himself David That's Duke without the hood. System works. It's gotten out of hand. And so President Trump has called this out. And President Trump has stood up to it. So many of us have stood up to it. And in fact, over 100 of my colleagues, Madam Speaker, asked the Supreme Court to address this problem just a few weeks ago. And unfortunately, the court chose to punt. They didn't answer it one way or the other. They didn't want to get in the middle of this discussion. We don't have that luxury today. We have to discuss this. We have to fix this. In fact, on our first full day of this Congress, many of us brought legislation onto the House floor to start fixing the problems with our elections, to restore integrity to the election process, which has been lost by so many millions of Americans. And we had a vote. Nine years before the oligarchs of the South declared war against the North because they wanted to preserve slavery. In fact, they wanted to impose slavery in the North. Uh, many of these guys that these monuments have been built to just came right out and said it. Uh, nine years before that began, Frederick Douglass gave a speech saying, what to the slave is the 4th of July? A good and important question. It continues to be a question because slavery is still legal in the United States. The 13th Amendment said that slavery can only exist under the color of law. If somebody is, is charged or convicted of a crime, then they can be held as a slave. And it's still going on in the United States. In fact, it's the main reason why we have more prisoners than any other country in the world, free labor. And then on top of that, we find that the police departments that get more 1033 equipment, they kill more people. Check it out at TomHartman.com. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. The house will be in order. The House will be in order. Okay. The House will be in order. House will be in order. Something is going on. The Capitol is being stormed right now by right wingers. You know, what's going on here right now is, well, actually, <laughs> I'm not certain what has disrupted the house. Something's happened. A bunch, somebody was yelling and screaming. A bunch of people got hustled out of the room. 
Um, I, you know, I'm sure we'll find out what's going on. But meanwhile, we've got basically a riot going on outside the Capitol building as as Trump humpers from around the country have come. And they're all, uh, you know, these 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 maggot folks are are, uh, uh, you know, yelling and shouting. And, um, you know, it's like and people all over Twitter are, are like, OK, uh, when we were protesting peacefully in favor of black lives, we got tear gassed. How come the police are letting these fools storm the Capitol building? It's uh, it's very confusing, very interesting. We'll find out what's going on on the other side of Oopstick Run. We'll be right back. Coming up on The Science Revolution is Dr. Edwin C. May for an in-depth interview on how the federal government used ESP to spy on foreign governments. In brief, the U.S. military and intelligence communities funded a 20-year program to collect intelligence during the Cold War by using so-called psychics. Did it work? Was it successful? What happened and what can we learn from it? Dr. Edwin C. May also talks about the broader implications of ESP and psychics. Tune into the Science Revolution wherever fine podcasts are found. And welcome back. Tom Harbin here with you. So what's going on right now is that the Capitol has been locked down. There are a bunch of you know, right-wing fascists who are trying to essentially reenact the Munich Beer Hall push, or putsch, however you say that, uh, that <laughs> And I speak German. I'm not sure how to pronounce that word. You know, where they were, uh, you know, basically storming, you know, rioting, in essence, to try to bring Hitler to power. And uh, this is what's going on. These, these people are trying to shut down Congress. And in fact, it looks like they have. And uh, over in the Senate, uh, we're seeing, you know, uh, senators just sitting there. Uh, basically locked on the floor in the House. A number of people have left, but they've had to go to their offices. Nobody can leave the uh, Capitol building and nobody can enter the Capitol building. But there are literally thousands of people trying to storm the Capitol building. We don't know if or how many of them are armed. And uh, so all the proceedings have just been suspended right now. And on uh, the House, on both. The, oh, we have the Senate. Is the Senate still going on, Sean? Okay, Mike Pence is talking to the Senate. Here we go. We're in the Senate. The House has been shut down. Majority Leader. President, I ask unanimous that the Majority Leader Sorry. and the Democratic Leader be allowed to speak and that following their remarks, the Majority Leader and the Democratic Leader each control up to one hour of debate. Okay, I'm not sure what's going on here because I, uh, I don't have a video feed any longer. Up to five minutes. So, oh, Mitch McConnell's talking. Okay. Further, I ask unanimous consent that the Senators be permitted to insert statements into the record. Without objection, so ordered. Shredner. Majority Leader. We're debating a step that has never been taken in American history. Whether Congress should overrule the voters and overturn Mitch McConnell. a presidential election. I've served 36 years in the Senate. This will be the most important vote I've ever cast. President Trump claims the election was stolen. The assertions range from specific local allegations, constitutional arguments, weeping, conspiracy theory. I supported the president's right to use the legal system Dozens lawsuits received hearings in courtrooms all across our country. But over and over, courts rejected these claims, including all-star judges whom the president himself has nominated. Every election, we know, features some illegality and irregularity, and of course, that's unacceptable. Yeah, this is this is not live. Well, I, I just want to hear what uh, and let you hear what Mitch McConnell has to say. This is uh, this was in the Senate while we were listening to the House a little while ago. 
And uh, after McConnell uh, finishes speaking, I'll come back on. We'll pick up some of your phone calls and we'll continue the conversation. Right now, the Capitol's locked down because of the uh, right-wing fascists who have surrounded it. Massive scale. It would have tipped the entire election. Nor can public doubt alone justify a radical break when the doubt itself was incited without any evidence. The Constitution gives us here in Congress a limited role. We cannot simply declare ourselves a national board of elections on steroids. Voters, courts, states have all spoken. All spoke. If we overrule them, it would damage our republic forever. This election actually was not unusually close. Just in recent history, 1976, 2000, and 2004 were all closer. That's the electoral card college margin is almost identical to what it was in 2016. This election were overturned by mere allegations from the losing side. Our democracy would enter a death spiral. We'd never see the whole nation. We're witnessing an amazing moment in American history, uh, kind of a John C. Calhoun moment. Uh, Hopefully it doesn't uh, move any farther in that direction. Uh, We'll be back uh, with uh, with more, and I'll be picking up your phone calls on the other side of the screen. You're listening to the Tom Hartman Program. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, all into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. It's accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hartman with two N's. netsuite.com slash Hartman. That's netsuite.com slash Hartman. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Into two separate tribes. Oh no, this is Mitch McConnell. Separate set of facts and separate reality. With nothing in common except our hostility towards each other and mistrust for the few national institutions that we all still share. Every time, every time in the last 30 years that Democrats have lost presidential race. They've tried a challenge just like this after 2000, after 2004, after 2016. After 2004, a senator joined and forced the same debate. And believe it or not, Democrats like Harry Reid, Dick Durbin, and Hillary Clinton praised, praised them, and applauded, done. Republicans condemned those baseless efforts back then 
that we just spent four years condemning Democrats' shameful attacks on the validity of President Trump's own election. So look, there can be no double standard. The media that is outraged today spent four years aiding and abetting Democrats' attack on our institutions after they lost. But we must not imitate and escalate what we repudiate. Our duty is to govern for the public good. The United States Senate has a higher calling than an endless barrel of partisan vengeance. Congress will either override the voters, overrule them, voters, states, and the courts for the first time ever, or honor the people's decision. We'll either guarantee Democrats' delegitimizing efforts after 2016 become a permanent new routine for both sides, or declare that our nation deserves a lot better than this. We'll either hasten down a poisonous path where only the winners of election actually accept the results, or show we can still muster the patriotic courage that our forebears showed, not only in victory, but in defeat. Framers built Senate stop short-term passions from boiling over and melting foundations of our republic. So I believe protecting our constitutional order requires respecting the limits of our own power. It would be unfair and wrong to disenfranchise American voters and overrule the courts and the states on this extraordinarily thin basis. And I will not and such a vote would be a harmless protest gesture while relying on others to do the right thing. I will vote to respect people's decision and defend our system of government as we know it. So this is, or was, Mitch McConnell speaking. I think he's just wrapped that up. The audio just went silent in my ear. Vice President. Oh, okay. Here's Chuck Schumer. As prescribed by the Constitution and the laws of the nation, the purpose of this joint session is for Teller, appointed on a bipartisan basis by the two houses, to read to the Congress the results of an election that has already happened. We are here to receive an announcement of a vote that has already been certified by every state in the Union okay. and confirmed by the court many times, many times mm -hmm. over. We're here to watch current vice president open envelope and receive the news of a verdict that has already been rendered. This was this was the Senate a little earlier, by the way. August Asia. Uh, we'll be no back doubt. to live programming in just a second. But it is About a formality. A minute and a half. The Congress does not determine the outcome of elections. The people do. The Congress is not endowed with power to administer elections. Our state are given that power. By the end of the proceedings today, it will be confirmed once again something that is well known, well settled. American people elected Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, to be the next president and vice president of the United States. And yet, a number of our colleagues organized an effort to undermine and object to that free and fair election. They're in the minority. They will lose. They know that. They have no evidence of widespread voter fraud upon which base their objections. That's because there is none. There is none. Not brought before any of the courts successfully. They know that President Trump and his allies have suffered defeat, a defeat in, co in court after court across the country, losing no fewer than 62 
legal challenges. And I might add, many Republican-appointed judges, some appointed by President Trump, rendered those decisions. They know, you all know, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to be sworn in as President and Vice President of the United States on January 20th. But they are going to object to the counting of the vote anyway. And in the process, they will embarrass themselves, they will embarrass their party, Worst of all, it will embarrass our country. This insurrection was fortunate. Fresh.com. And welcome back. Tom Hartman here with you. Uh, Occasional, every now and then, uh, C-SPAN is popping into uh, live footage of uh, uh, of the storming of the Capitol, essentially. Uh, there are. I just retweeted a, a photo and a tweet from from uh, you know one of the just somebody I follow who who was saying they literally have t- have stormed inside the Capitol building with Confederate flags and Trump sand, and Trump signs. This <laughs> and and she said, how does this not meet any definition of treason? And I think that's a really reasonable question. How is this not treason? What's going on right now? And, and, and what these Republicans are rising to do to overturn a democratically elected, a, a, in a Republican form of government, small r, election. It's nuts. So as we're watching this spectacle of a, a, a right-wing group that has been called to Washington, D.C. by Donald Trump, even Fox News this morning cut away when at the rally, Don Jr. was up there and he started screaming swear words at the crowd, getting them all whipped up. Even Fox News said, this is too much. We are watching an attempt, a fascist attempt, to overthrow the government of the United States. That's what we're watching. It's nothing less than that. And, you know, I guess you could say in some ways it's more than that in that, you know, there's a secondary agenda uh, obviously, I don't think this attempt is going to succeed, but the, the secondary agenda, which I, I have been asserting actually is the primary agenda, is to provide a basis for individual states where Republicans control the legislatures to start passing laws to make it really, really, really hard for people who might vote Democratic to vote, whether they're people of color, whether they're young people, whether they're elderly people, whether they live, live in big cities, um, whatever, you know, if 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 somebody is part of a demographic that more likely than not votes Democratic, the Republicans are going to try and figure out ways. They're going to use this election as an excuse, even though there was nothing wrong with this election. They're going to use this as an excuse to try to crank up you know, these laws. So that's what I see going on. Um, but anyway, let's, uh, let's pick up some of your phone calls here. Uh, there's a lot going on. Joe in Clayton, North Carolina. Hey, Joe, thanks for listening to SiriusXM. What's up? Hey, Tom, how you doing? Good. What's on your mind? Um, the uh, 2000 election, uh, Bush v. Gore, it was actually 7-2 to stop the recount. It was 5-4 for the means to recount, which only had two days left. I don't know that what you're saying Every, is true. Joe. Everybody says it was 5-4, but it was 7-2 to actually It was a 5-4 decision. And the, and the stopping of the recount had to do with granting cert. It was not, Joe, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, this is not a time for splitting hairs like that. Brent in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hey, Brent, what's on your mind? Uh, yes, um, I was wondering, I wanted to ask you, Mr. Hartman, uh, will this start the crumbling and the bring about the death knell of the evangelical wing, a.k.a. American Taliban within the GOP party that has festered and become so cancerous since the Reagan administration these past 40 years. 
Yeah, like much of the rest of the Republican Party, you're seeing a split right now in the evangelical community. Uh, we had Pat Robertson come out yesterday and say, hey, the election's over, Joe Biden won, we need to move on, or words to that effect. And then on the other hand, you've got a bunch of right-wing preachers who've been in tight with, with uh, you know, that George W. Bush brought back in the day, some of them into the Reagan uh, camp, as it were, and they've kind of stayed there ever since, who, are, who have gone now, you know, full Trump, full fascist. And so, uh, Brent, I, I don't think there's a definitive answer to your question. I think it's a good question, a legitimate question. And, and time will tell. I mean, it, it, the question is going to be whether this attempt, this storming of the Capitol, this, this attempt to overthrow an election by Republicans in the House and Senate, whether this is viewed as treason or whether it's viewed as, well, you know, yeah, boys will be boys, or, you know, uh, yeah, they had some legitimate arguments to make or some, something like that. If it's viewed as treason, then I think that the country has a, the ability to re recover, frankly. If it's viewed as just another day in Washington, D.C., then I think we are in d very, very deep trouble. Very deep trouble. Brent, thanks for the call. Steve in Noblesville, Indiana. Hey, Steve, what's up? Uh, I got a question. Um, when we have peaceful protesters out there, they seem to get tear gassed and stuff. How come they aren't right. tear gassing uh, Mr. Trump's uh, Proud Boys and stuff and arresting them for their weapons and stuff that they've got? Yeah, that's the, that's the question that I've seen asked at least a thousand times on Twitter in the last 30 minutes, Steve. And if I had to guess, I think it's a combination of two things. Number one, the Capitol, the police force responsible for the Capitol is the Capitol Police. And I think they're just unprepared for this. But, you know, yeah. we'll find out who else is, is being brought into Wallet. this. And number two, I think that they're going to be very wary of shooting off tear gas next to the Capitol building because it will get into the building and it will cause distress for members of Congress. So well, they, that's they probably the main reason. People, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They, they pull up the paddy wagons, get out the handcuffs. I mean, this is this is yeah. uh, this is nuts. What's going on? This is absolutely nuts. It's, uh, we've gone from sedition to outright treason here. Steve, thank you for the call. John in Los Angeles. Hey, John, what's on your mind? Mitch uh, McConnell had me going for a while, but then he, it stopped. And I just uh, was really wanting to call to thank the people of Georgia for what they did. And especially Stacey Abrams. Well, yes. And, and uh, they got rid of a couple... Um, how would I say, antisocial extremists. And one thing I wanted to ask you, Tom, was this mansion guy. I want to find out who in his territory can do to him in terms of putting him on the hot seat, the way Stacey Abrams put the, the and, and the people, the people of Georgia, put uh, those two on the hot seat uh, yeah. going out of town. Yeah, there's a, there's a fellow that I, I work with as a, as, as a freelance editor, uh, Troy Miller, in West Virginia, and he's very active in West Virginia politics and keeping an eye on this stuff. And, and there is a progressive movement in West Virginia that is gaining steam. But, you know, for the moment, Joe Manchin's position is pretty solid. But the fact that Joe Manchin has the ability to say no to the other 49 Democratic senators and thus blow things up is true and it gives him power, but it's equally true of Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or any other progressive in the United States Senate that they have the same power that Manchin does. So what we have is sort of a Mexican standoff here. And the, I think the net result of this is gonna, is gonna be that it's gonna kinda soften what's happening. By the way, they are now using tear gas around the Capitol building. Members of the U.S. House of Representatives have been issued tear gas masks. The Senate is locked down. So, you know, we've got a full-on riot going, a, a right-wing fascist riot going on in the, at the Capitol building as we speak. Leslie in Oak Park, Illinois. Hey, Leslie, what's up? Oh, hi, I know this is now an aside after all this ruckus in front of the Capitol building. But if we go back to the impeachment, all those people, the GOP, were saying, let's not decide. It's up to the people to decide. Wait for them to vote, et cetera, et cetera. And right. they repeated this right. constantly. And now we voted. We have spoken. And it's just that they won't even accept that the voters... <laughs> 
Yeah, you're absolutely right, Leslie. And that was the argument that they made in the Senate that, you know, Susan Collins and, well, every Republican except Mitt Romney in the Senate came out and said, well, you know, we really don't want to overturn an election. We really want to respect the will of the voters. And what are they saying right now? Um, You know, with the exception of Mitt Romney, (laughs) well, there's a few actually who are saying, let's let's let the voters speak. But the rest of them, hey, let's overturn the election. Leslie, thank you. Spot on. A riot at the Capitol building going on. Tear gas has been deployed. Members of Congress are wearing gas masks. Who thought it would come to this? Well, many of us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Visit TomHartman.com for audio and video archives. Hey, Tom Hartman here. Just wanted to give you a heads up that we have an absolutely free newsletter. You can subscribe to it over at TomHartman.com. And every day, Sue, who works on our newsletter, puts together what we call Sue's Daily Stack. It's literally a link to every story I have referenced on the air in the program. And she compiles these throughout the program and then gets the newsletter together. And it goes out an hour or two after the show is off the air. And it's just absolutely extraordinary and something I think you'll find really useful. So check it out at TomHartman.com. Okay, let's try Alan in uh, Seattle. Hey, Alan, you're on the air. What's up? Hey, good morning, and uh, happy happy vote counting day. Yeah, I was just curious if the... uh, some of the Democrats uh, would object to uh, an electoral count of a state that Trump won. I mean, there doesn't seem to be much basis in fact with all the uh, court cases that the Trump uh, campaign committee has lost. So, um, you know, uh, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Let's object to some uh, state that Trump won. You would think, yeah. I don't disagree with you, Alan. And in fact, I would go even farther than that. I was arguing a few days ago before, I mean, you know, on Sunday, everybody was, uh, the new Congress was seated. And I was arguing that any of these people who are going to argue that the, that the election is illegitimate for whatever reason they're arguing that should not be allowed to be seated in Congress. And that would be over 100 uh, members of the House and uh, apparently about, a, you know, 13 members of the Senate. That they should not have been seated. They, you know, they, 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 Nancy Pelosi should have said to them, "You will not be sworn in until you agree that your your vote in your state was legitimate. Because if it's illegitimate, how can I possibly swear you in? How can you take office? How can you re- claim to represent your people at the same time you're saying that the vote was not legitimate?" And uh, but you know that that's like political hardball on steroids. And Pelosi didn't want to go there. And I understand why. I'm not criticizing her for that. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that were I the speaker, I would have taken the same position. But in an alternate universe where turnabout is fair play, there's a lot of other possibilities. Okay, we're going to go to uh, pick up C-SPAN here. Let's Masks see what's going being on. distributed among the staff and the press up there because of the, yep, the tear yep. gas. So, Niels, it sounds like there's been reinforcements called to the Capitol. Niels Nasuski, I mean, what do you know about your colleagues there and what they are inside the building? Have they said what they plan to do or what can they do? Well, right now, the the immediate uh, concern appears to be the, the armed standoff at the House front that is according to one of the members of our pool of reporters who are operating out of the Capitol, Eric Wasson from Bloomberg, he just sent a note through that there's an armed standoff at the House front, and there are guns drawn with someone attempting to reach. So this is continued to be a developing situation. And at this point, I think that the immediate, the immediate concern is it. with the use of weapons and this being beyond a peaceful protest. We left that point a long time ago. And so we're just continuing to see these reports coming in as we are speaking. Niels Lesowski, you know, obviously 
we're asking you to to give us insight on, on the fly here um, as, as we watch this scene unfold. Do you know what sort of authority Capitol Police have if, um, I'm getting an emergency alert from the District of Columbia government on my phone as we talk. Okay, we're, what we're sort back. Of authority these and we were playing have. a little clip of C-SPAN there, but these I, I want to stop These people were to it. get... What's going on right now is the, the Capitol is in lockdown. The whole city just went into lockdown of Washington, D.C., apparently. The people's phones are going off all over the city. Uh, there is an armed standoff in the House on the House Rep of Representatives side of the Capitol building. Apparently, some of the pro-fascist Confederate flag carrying traitors have provoked an armed standoff with the Capitol Police. And Washington, D.C. just announced a curfew from 6 p.m. tonight, which will be in three hours until six o'clock tomorrow morning. So, you know, this is what's going on. We have a group of fascist traitors, you know, just like during the Confederacy, people who want a white supremacy nation who object to black people voting in the cities. I mean, this is the principal objection that we're hearing from all these Republicans is that these votes that came out of these cities and these swing states, oh my God, it's mostly black people. We can't have that happening. That's, you know, obviously nobody's saying that quite out loud, but it's the clear subtext. It was very clear to me when Steve Scalise, the House Minority Whip, the number two Republican in the House, the guy from Louisiana who ran for Congress saying that he was David Duke without the hood, got up and gave an eloquent speech about how important it was to throw out the votes in Arizona for Joe Biden and just certify Donald Trump as president. I mean, this, this is what it's come to. You have a fascist movement trying to overthrow the government of the United States as we speak. You have members of Congress, the House and the Senate, hiding in their offices, wearing gas masks under lockdown because this tiny fascist movement is just a few thousand people from the entire, I mean, keep in mind, you know, 340 million people in the United States and they were able to pull together five or 10,000 at the most, these white supremacist fascists that Donald Trump brought into Washington, D.C. with his rally this morning with him and Don Jr. and everything else. Uh, there's been smashed glass now as the Capitol Police have drawn their guns inside the Capitol building. These people have broken into the Capitol building. This is, I mean, this, this is not that different. Well, in, in many ways it is. I was going to say from 1860, I should stop drawing those analogies because it, it empowers them. What we're looking at is a small faction of hardcore right-wing white supremacist traitors, people who hate the idea of the United States. They hate the idea of, of a pluralistic country. They hate the idea that the will of the majority of the people is, is served. Part of it probably comes out of the fact that America is in the middle of a transition from majority white to minority white. And these people are going insane around this. This is their identity. This is the core of everything for them. And, and Donald Trump has been their leader and he's been absolutely unabashed in his racism and in his cheerleading for this kind of racism. And this cannot stand. There have to be consequences for this. These people need to be arrested. They need to be thrown in jail. The legislators who went along with this, particularly the ringleaders like Ted Cruz in the Senate and uh, Gymnasium Jordan, excuse me, Jim Jordan and others in the House need to be held to account, if not politically, in other ways. And I'm not talking about violence or anything like that, but, you know, legally, have these guys committed laws, broken laws? You've got Mark Meadows, who is now the White House chief of staff, used to be part of the so-called Freedom Caucus. I call them the Cokehead Caucus. These are the Republican members of the House who are there largely because of the efforts of the Koch Network and other right-wing billionaires. And Mark Meadows, the chief of staff for the White House, for Trump, has been egging this on and promoting this. This is nothing less than an absolute repudiation of the ideals on which this country was founded by a small band. And I, we need to emphasize this, and I'm, I'm concerned that the media is not, you know, that it is a small group of people who are not representative of the majority of Americans and, frankly, not representative of the majority of Republicans. 
although, you know, the majority of Republicans did vote for Donald Trump, but I don't think they voted for this. I, I may be wrong, <laughs> but, but what we're seeing, but what I don't want to see, and I'm concerned that I am seeing in the media or will be seen in the media, is you'll recall when the Tea Party, you know, when the, when, uh, the Koch-funded Freedom Works was, was hiring buses and, and you know, busing uh, Tea Partiers, Tea Partiers, and they get 200 Tea Partiers, and oh my God, it's national news. Let's, let's see, all the networks have cameras down there, 200 Tea Partiers, oh my God. While, you know, the Progressive Caucus is holding daily press conferences on the steps of the Capitol that lots of people are showing up for, but no media. And everybody thinks, oh, Jesus, this Tea Party thing is a huge movement. Well, you know, this, this Proud Boy thing is not a huge movement. It's a bunch of, of right-wing crazies who, who hate the idea of, a, of an America where all men and women are created equal and endowed by their creator with the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It, it, they, they are people who hate the core foundation of this country. The first nation in the history of the world founded on an idea rather than simply on genetics. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. We'll continue the conversation. In the meantime, don't forget, we all have a a role to play in this, a nonviolent role to play in this. So get out there, get active, tag, you're it. Don't get out there in D.C. today. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good afternoon. Take care. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.